first to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 6. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 6. Amen. And um, praise God. I just want to give you this one verse. And then we'll go back to Romans here in just a moment. Amen. All right, so uh, Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 6. Our instructions are this. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. All right, so one more time. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Well, it's not a trick question. How did you receive Him? Come on now, holler out at me. It's okay. We received Him by faith. Is there uh, any other way, Sister Grading, to receive Him other than faith? There's not, is there, right? We received Him by faith. Anybody that's ever received Him has received Him by faith because there is no other way to receive Him. There is no other way to receive Him. The only way to receive Him is to receive Him by faith. Now, there's a lot of folks who only, and it doesn't mean they're not saved, it's just you know, they either have, haven't submitted to being taught or the people that they have submitted to didn't understand this to teach them this. But He didn't just save you so you could go to heaven one day. He didn't just save you to secure your eternal destination. But the salvation that you received by faith was also to secure your daily victory. So that you could succeed and thrive and, and, and prosper and make a difference in, in, in this world around you. And so when he says, as you therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Now that word walk there is just referring to your daily life. It's breaking down your life on a moment by moment. We could even say step by step basis. Again, far too many people, born again believers, far too many people look at their relationship with Jesus as something that they just you know, take part in when they're at church and it's something that's just for Sunday and, you know, we don't get too carried away with all this. And, and, and yet, Jesus, again, is inviting you to come alongside Him and walk through life together with Him. And every day He wants to show you something new. Every day He wants to teach you His ways and His wisdom. Every day He wants to show you how to walk in the life that Father God created you to live and walk in your identity in Christ, who you became the day you became a new creation in Christ, and how to walk in all that belongs to you because of who you are in Christ. Amen. So when he says, as you therefore receive Christ Jesus, so walk in Him, he's talking about the practical way that we walk out, walk in, experience, enjoy our new identity in Christ and all that we've been given, all that we've been blessed with, because we are now in Christ. Okay? Now, let's go to Romans 1, and we're going to, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 4, verse 1, and, um, and we're going to build on some of this tonight. Praise God. Romans chapter 4, and then um, we'll begin uh, at verse 1. We'll look at the first, I don't know, four or five verses here in Romans 4. Praise God. 
Romans chapter 4 uh, and verse number 1. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? So don't be confused by the words here. He's talking about what did Abraham learn through his life experience? Remember, Abraham's example of faith is the one that's held up for us to look at, learn from, even pattern our understanding and walk of faith. Later, he's going to even encourage us to walk in the footsteps of faith. You know, it's, it's kind of like, I remember my dad when we were kids, dad would be plowing um, and uh, that freshly tilled, that freshly, uh, he would turn it first and then disc it. And that ground, man, would be black and soft and ready to plant. And his, and his big old footprints would be in that soft dirt, you know. And here go Matt and here I go behind him, right. We'd be trying to, we'd be trying to walk in dad's footsteps, right. We were trying to put our feet right where his feet were, were, being, were being planted, right where his feet were landing. Aren't you glad that Abraham left some footprints? He, he, he walked this thing called faith out before very few, you know, before very many people on planet earth even understood what it was. And he, and he walked it out and, and he learned some things through experience, right? And he's left a trail for us to follow. So what then shall we say that Abraham, our father, the father of all who believe? If you're a believer, that doesn't mean a Jewish believer. If you are a born-again believer tonight, the Bible refers to Abraham because he's the father of faith, and we were born of God by faith, then he is our father Abraham. So what has he found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Now, there's a lot of important words here, but that word justified in verse number two, that is, that is a key salvation word. Now, no one, you know, may have ever explained this to you, but when you were born again, when you received Jesus as your Savior and received the gift of salvation that He extended to you, when you received that gift, you became justified before God the Father. That word justified, it's, it's uh, a righteousness-based word. It, it, its root word is the same word that we see translated into our English word, the, the word in the Bible, righteous or righteousness. But the simple way to really embrace what this word justified means is just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I had never sinned. Now, are you seeing that justified is a much bigger deal than forgiveness? You haven't just been forgiven for your sins. You've been justified. It's one thing to be forgiven. It's another thing to be put in a standing before God just as if you had never done it in the first place. That's a good place to say amen for those three of you that said it. Amen. So if Abraham was justified by works, Listen, I think everybody in here is mature enough to understand tonight what I'm saying, but let me just go ahead and put this disclaimer out, right? When he talks about our salvation not being of works, but of faith, and how works will never 
uh, earn our salvation. He's not giving us some Bible verse excuse to be lazy. And I, again, I don't think I need to say that to this Wednesday night bunch. But there are a lot of folks who hear what they want to hear when they're hearing from God or the Bible or from somebody teaching the Word of God. And so, again, there was not a lazy bone in Abraham's body, right? If anything, if anything, the mistake Abraham made was trying too hard, right? When he decided instead of receiving the promise of God by faith and, and Sarah, his wife, giving birth to the promised child, right? He instead tried to make it happen by the flesh. He tried to, he tried to remember he had uh, a, a child with Sarah's uh, servant, uh, 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 Hagar, right? And, and so it wasn't that he was being lazy. It's very important that we understand our part and our responsibility in cooperating with God. Faith is not passive. We started, we started this segment of our of our teaching on faith uh, several weeks back, and that was one of the key things the Holy Spirit kept saying to us. There is action, there is effort involved in faith, but it can never be a substitute for faith. Your works can never compensate for a lack of faith, can't make up for it. Amen. So, if Abraham was justified by works, this means if he was made right before God because of something he did, then he has something to brag about. In other words, he has the right to say, hey, look at what I did. Look at what I earned. Who was it that, that stuck in his thumb, pulled out a plum, and said, what a good boy am I, right? And Abraham's got the right to strut around here on earth and then strut around one day in heaven and talk about what a good boy he was. But that's not how we're justified. It's not, it's not based upon what we do. In the New Testament, it's based upon what's been done for us by Jesus. And then we receive the gift of what Jesus' works on the cross and in the belly of the earth, what all, all that He did for us, He did the heavy lifting, right? Now, we get in on that by faith. For if Abraham was justified by works, by his, by, because he went to church a lot, because, again, I feel like i got to put the disclaimer in, is, is going to church important? Yes! Obviously, you believe that or you wouldn't be here on a rainy Wednesday night. But the idea, you know, is, so again, is coming to church important? Yes. Can coming to church save you? No. No, it can't. It can't. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, something to brag about, but not before God. In other words, God's not going to listen to him brag. Because God knows the truth. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God... And it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God and his faith in God caused God to put righteousness in Abraham's account. Let me keep reading here. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. If you agree to work for 
$20 an hour and you work 40 hours a week for your employer, when they hand you that check for $800 minus $700 taxes, no, I'm just kidding, amen. They hand you that check at the end of the week for 800 bucks. You may be grateful and say thank you, but they, that, that wasn't a gift. They owed you $800. It was a wage that was earned. It wasn't grace. It was a debt paid. It wasn't a gift given. It was a debt that was owed. Are you seeing the difference here? Another, where did this begin? What did Abraham figure out about all this? What did he learn about all this? What did his experience with God and faith uh, and, 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 and walking this thing out? And, and, and did he make some mistakes? Yes. But did he learn from those mistakes? Yes. He learned that to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace but as debt. But to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. I'm not here to teach on righteousness tonight, but I, I'm teaching on it. The main thing I'm trying to zero in on tonight is faith, but I'm trying to get you to see that, that the justification that we receive and the righteousness that we're given, we receive that by faith. So this is the part, but to him who does not work, he's not talking about laying around eating cream-filled donuts and not working. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about being lazy here. He's talking about the one who realizes the rules can't save me. He's talking about the one who realizes that unless I trust in a Savior, I will never be saved. I can't make myself right before God in the eyes of God. No matter how hard I try, no matter how long I go at it, right? The only way to be right before God in the eyes of God is to stop trying to do it myself and believe on the one who's offering me this as a gift. Are you seeing this? All right, now, let me show you these uh, same five verses in the Passion Translation because... The Passion Translation really, I think, zeroes in on some key words here and puts them in, in, in terminology that's more current to us that I think will help us really embrace the meaning here in a deeper way. So the Passion Translation, it says this, let me use Abraham as an example. It is clear that humanly speaking, he was the founder of Judaism. What was his experience of being made right with God? Was it by his good works of keeping the law? No. For if it was by the things he did, he would have something to boast about, but no one boasts before God. Now, this part about no one boasts before God, I, I don't want to go too far down this road, but, you know, you think, oh man, somebody's going to be foolish enough to do it, okay? But, in other words, when we stand before him one day, all the boasting's going to be gone out of us. You understand what I'm saying? We're not, we're not going to know what, in other words, we, the only thing we're going to know how to do is get on our face before him and not try to brag about 
Amen. Let me just keep going here. All right. Verse number three, listen to what the scriptures say. Because Abraham believed God's words, his faith transferred God's righteousness into his account. I like that right there now. I like that right now. His faith transferred God's righteousness into his account. When people work, they earn wages. It can't be considered a free gift because they earned it. Now, a few Wednesday nights ago, I reminded us all, myself included, that we do not want what we deserve. And Father, good news, He doesn't want you to get what you deserve. He wants to be able to give to you what He desires for you to have. But our sin and rebellion against Him prevented Him from being able to fellowship with us, prevented Him from being able to be one with us, and prevented Him ultimately from being able to give to us what it is that He always wanted you and me to have. This is why Jesus came and took your sin and mine so that sin could be removed from the equation, no longer separating you from Father God, moving us out of a works-based, performance-based system where we only can get from Him what we earn and deserve into a grace-based, faith-based system where now it's not what we deserve but what He desires for us to have. And He's already freely given us all things. So now it's a matter of learning how to walk in what's already been given to you by faith. Could, I, could you just do yourself and your Heavenly Father and everybody else in this room a favor and quit trying to talk God into giving to you what He's already given to you? He's, he's already done it, my friend. He's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. By His stripes you were healed. If someone tonight was in this room and had never been born again and they wanted to receive salvation tonight and, 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 and be born again, what would Jesus have to do in order for that person to be born again? It's not a trick question. Nothing. He has already done everything necessary for every human being on planet earth to be born again. He was one sacrifice for all sin for all time. He's not going to have to jump off his throne, run back to Jerusalem, be crucified again so somebody can get saved tonight. He's already done that. Let me see if I can say it another way. His accounts are full to overflowing with salvation tonight. He is so excited about transferring salvation from his account into your account. And that transfer is not made electronically. It's not made digitally. It's made by faith. 
Faith is what enables Father God to, to transfer salvation from His account. Because listen, there will never be more sin on planet earth than there is forgiveness in heaven. There will never be more sickness and disease on planet earth than there is already in accounts in heaven healing to cover. It's already there. There will never be more poverty on planet earth than there is already enough wealth in heaven to cover and then some. People's accounts on planet earth may be very low or in a deficit condition. Father God's accounts are not in a deficit. They're in a surplus tonight. He is the God of more than enough. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is El Shaddai. He is a God of abundance. Amen. And He enjoys making transfers from His account into your account. And that transfer is made by faith. Faith is what transfers something from God's account into your account. Are you seeing this? Now, because we live in a world that's, you know, I call it a what have you done for me lately world, you know? You understand what I mean by that? You know, you, you could have really, you know, just like done so much for somebody, you know, uh, for year, years and years, right? Now all of a sudden you, you need a little mercy from them, a little help from them, and they're like, you know, they, they, they don't keep record of that, right? Not everybody, but that's the way this world works. And because we are just bombarded with this mindset of earning our way and earning our keep and, and um, you know, listen to me, please. Now, I, I know, I feel like, I, just you bear with me. I'm not talking about entitlement, All right, we've, we've come to terms with there's no need to beg God to give you what He's already given you, okay? Right? Yes? Let's come to terms with something else tonight now. He doesn't owe you or me anything. There's a lot of folks, see, they, they walk around with a sense of entitlement. They think because they've tried to be good, they think because they've come to church, they think because they've did this or made this sacrifice or given this amount of money or helped this person or whatever that now all of a sudden God owes them something. See, again, that's, you don't want in that system anymore. Like somehow five minutes of being good is going to make up for five years of just, yeah, yes, no, it doesn't, no, no. It, Please stop that. So that's what we, we, when we don't understand faith and how Father set everything up in this new covenant to work, to function, we think that, you know, it's all about doing enough good so that we've banked up enough, um, you know, goodwill and now, you know, God, I've been doing you a favor by coming to church. It's time for you to do me a favor. 
I've been doing you a favor, God. I've been, I've been reading my Bible most mornings every week. Now it's time for you to do something for me. See, see, that's the way this world works. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. God's back don't need scratching. So any remnant whatsoever of that in your thinking, it's going to be a contaminant in your faith. It's going to, it's going to prevent your faith from, from producing uh, much of anything, if anything at all. Here's the beautiful thing, though, about the rest of this statement. He doesn't owe you anything, but He's freely given you everything. He's withheld no good thing from you. If He spared not His only Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how will He not now with Him freely give us all things? Romans 8, right? So, He's, he's not withholding anything from you, but this idea that we're entitled and that we deserve it and that he owes us, it's pride. That's pride. And God resists the proud. But he gives grace, he gives help to the humble. Amen. When people work, they earn wages. Can't be considered a free gift because they earned it. But no one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works, but believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. Now, <clears throat> bring your heart to attention because I, I don't want to get too heavy and too deep on you tonight, but the Bible says that the gospel was preached to Abraham and he believed it and it was accounted to him for righteousness Abraham's right standing with God that he was given as a gift It was based upon the same work that Jesus did as our right standing with God. I don't know if I said that right. I said it right, but I don't know if I said it the, the best. So let me try it again. Abraham was declared right before God in the eyes of God. He was given that position, that standing before God as a gift. If you're born again tonight, you've been given that same gift. The gift you were given of right standing before God and the gift Abraham was given as right standing before God was, are both based upon what Jesus did 
on the earth as a man, lived a sinless life, died, became our sin, buried that sin. Jesus was the first man born again. Do you know that? The Bible says he was born from that womb of death. He was reborn. He was resurrected. And when he was reborn and resurrected, the Bible says that those who call upon him and believe on him, we were raised up together with him. Now, now watch this because it, 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 it's going to help you, right? Abraham believed on what Jesus did before he did it. We believe on what Jesus did after he did it. But the results, the results are the same. Abraham's faith transferred righteousness to him from a work that hadn't been done yet in the future, backwards in time. Are you seeing this? So he's made, he's made, we could, we could, here's a better way of saying it. He was made righteous on credit. Remember the woman caught in the act of adultery and Jesus forgave her? Remember the, the man they let down through the roof and Jesus said, your sins be forgiven you? Jesus wasn't just walking around dismissing people's sins. He was forgiving their sin on credit. He was in essence saying to that woman, remember he told her, go sin no more. He didn't just sweep her sin under the rug. But what he was saying was, listen guys, don't drag her outside the city gate and kill her for her sin. I'm going to let you drag me outside the city gate and kill me for her sin. But still, hers, hers was based upon something that hadn't been done yet, just like Abraham's was based upon something that hadn't been done yet. Our righteousness is based upon something that has been done already. Now, I'm not trying to freak you out, but listen to me, please. Do you realize this means you've already been forgiven and justified for sin you haven't committed yet? Oh, Pastor Mark, you shouldn't tell people that. They'll use it as an excuse to sin. Just the opposite. The Bible says when we really understand this and have this hope in us, it'll cause us to, it'll, it'll teach us to live righteously and soberly and godly in this present evil age, and it'll, it'll, it'll motivate us to purify our lives even as Christ is pure. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Your sin has been removed from you, my friend. Not in part, but in whole, in totality. He said, Pastor Mark, you don't know what I did today. As you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. See, if we learn how to walk in faith, by faith in who we are, and walk by faith in what we've been given, I'm not saying you won't ever stump your toe and make a mistake, but they'll get less and less and fewer and fewer. We'll rise above it, Amen. So it's faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. In Abraham's case, it, it was done on credit based upon what Jesus would one day do. For you and me, it's based upon something that's already been done and now has been transferred into our account by faith. 
Now, let me, let me try to land this plane right quick. So, I think you got this already, but I want to make sure, because here's the connection back to Colossians 2.6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Justified by faith is simply another way of saying receiving salvation. We talk about what did Abraham learn about being made right before God in the eyes of God, being just as if I'd never sinned in his position uh, before God as God looked at him and saw him, right? What did he discover about that? And, and that that gift was transferred into his account by faith the same way that gift is transferred into your account and my account by faith, right? So when he's talking about receiving Christ Jesus the Lord, being made justified before God is, is one of the key things that took place the day you were born again, the day you received this gift of salvation. So again, he's saying in the same way that you were justified before God by faith, right? Walk now in who you became that day and in all that you have been given. Now, oh, thank you, Lord. Let's skip over some stuff and go straight now. Same chapter in Romans, Romans chapter 4, but this time verse 16. Okay? My prayer tonight is that taking the time to look at the first part of Romans 4, it's really going to provide some substance and some, some foundation for this 16th verse because there is a powerful connection here. He's saying, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. What he's trying to say here, again, and I know that we've been over this a few weeks ago. I just want to bring it back up and try to help you connect some things together here. There are all kinds of ways that this world determines who is shown favor, who gets the help. Some people give help based upon who needs it the most. Other people give help based upon who they think deserves it the most. Other people give help based upon who's the squeaky wheel. Are you hearing me? There's all kinds of different ways. You know, if we got a, just a, a big old 55-gallon drum of grace up here, help, favor, un, you know, gifts, just, just, just big old sacks full of gifts. I mean, you know, uh, $1,000 gift cards in them, whatever, you know what I'm saying. And just, well, you know, I mean, we've got to figure out some way to... You know, be fair about who gets what, you know. Some folks just say, well, let's just put everybody's name in a hat. You know, let's do it like the NBA. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's lottery. Let's just draw it, you know. And that's the only way to really do it fairly, you know. You, you say, I know there's all these different ways. And it's very easy for us to think that God is somehow operates on that same basis. And He does not. There are people on this earth, man, they are so mad at God because 
man, so-and-so needed and their need was great. Need, 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 need. Because that's the way the world works, right? Whoever needs it the most, it's not how it works. See, need takes us back into that deserves. <laughs> God wants you out of that system. He wants you in what He desires to give you system. That's what He's saying here. It is of faith that it might be according to grace. If you take faith out of the equation, you have to take grace out of the equation. It's no longer what can He give you, it's what have you earned, what do you deserve? Based upon how much you know, based upon how good looking you are, based upon how much money you have or don't have, based on all these other things, right? That, that uh, we even talked about race and gender and, and, and how men have more advantages over women, how certain races have other advantages in our society over, over other races and these, and these kinds of things. And again, we think that somehow God is on one side of that or the other. He's a faith God. He's a grace God. I'm, I don't mean it this way, but you know, we could talk and talk and talk all night about grace. It's, it's kind of like somebody just giving you this, you know, whole sales pitch, you know, and you're waiting for the other foot to drop, right? You're waiting for the catch. This is too good to be true, so there's got to be a catch. This, this can't, you know, okay, man, this is so good, so what's the catch? I'm saying it tongue in cheek. The catch tonight is it can only be transferred into your account by faith. And by the way, His grace has already given you the measure of faith. You already have what it takes to move mountains out of your way. Listen, I... We all have a tendency to think other people think like we think. And, and you know, there, there are times when my own viewpoint about things, in other words, because I thought, because I saw it that way, I thought everybody saw it that way, only to find out it's not the case. But listen to me, please. I don't, I don't think this is one of those situations. I don't believe this is just an area that I need to grow in. I believe it's an area we all need to grow in. There's something in us, right? This, this is a bit awkward. It's a bit cumbersome. Our, our minds have been so programmed to think that it's, you know, it's, it's based upon, you know, how good we've been. It's based upon how much money we've given. It's based upon how many times we've come to church. Listen, you reap what you sow. There are consequences for good actions and there are negative consequences for bad actions. I, I understand all of that, right? Please, I'm not... In other words, there, there is... You remember when Jesus said, if you give your money just to get a pat on the back, you've received all the rewards you're going to get from that, you know? In other words, there... I, and hey, maybe the guy felt really good about himself, you know, because he gave his money and everybody thought he was a big spender, big giver and what, you know. And I'm not saying that that was not at least some temporary benefit from what he did, but that's not faith. See, faith does it behind the scenes before God as, as in, in honor to him. 
doesn't embarrass people, doesn't, you know, doesn't shame people who, who are going through a tough spot and we're going to make an example out of them and our generosity by embarrassing them and their need. And that's, no, no, see, that, none of that's Jesus. None of, that's, he, he taught us specifically against those things. Right? So I'm not saying that there isn't, you know, there's a lot of people come to church because they feel better about themselves because they come to church. You know, they've done some religious duty or something, you know. You do realize there's a lot more that Father wants to do in your life than just you leave feeling better about yourself, right? A lot more He's trying to impart to you and teach you and grow you up into. So it's of faith that it might be according to grace. You, you cannot separate these two things. All right, so let me just, I'll finish right here and we'll pray. What has been given by grace must be received by faith and there is no other way. What's been given by grace must be received by faith and there is no other way way. Amen. Stand with me. Praise God. I'll simplify that for you as well. I think we have a sermon titled this somewhere in the archives from a month or so ago. Faith receives what grace has already given. I don't know that. I feel like the Holy Spirit saying that to us tonight. That's not, that's not just because Pastor Mark's so clever with words. No, that's the Holy Spirit saying, simplifying something here for us, right? Faith receives what grace has already given. Is there any other way besides faith to receive salvation? Is there any other way besides faith to receive healing? See what I'm saying, right? I'm not talking about antibiotics. I'm talking about I'm talking about he rebuked the fever, it left her immediately, and she got up and fixed him supper. Amen. 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 Father, thank you for your love tonight. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Father, for helping us take all this in. Father, for helping us recognize how much you love us and how much you desire for us to uh, have your best. Um, in our lives, for us to have abundance, Lord, for us to have no lack, lack no good thing. Lord, we could, we could have spent the next two Wednesday nights just looking at Bible verses, Lord, proving it's your desire, your heart for us as our Father, Lord, to see us, your desire to see us succeed, to see us be prosperous and wealthy, to see us be wise and, and, and to see us, Father, be successful. Um, Lord, again, your glory is linked to our victory. And, and you have paid such a high price for us to win and succeed. But Father, even our victory, even our victory in life is linked to faith and living by faith and walking in faith. So Father, I thank you for just speaking to each one of us tonight. Lord, I know we're here together, we're listening together, we're learning and growing together. But Father, as, as we all go back our separate ways tonight, as we get still before you, lay our heads on a pillow to go to sleep, what have you, I thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to us and you're teaching us and you're, you're turning some things over inside of us and you're, 
Father, a really important part of this is you're showing us how we've put our confidence in a works-based, performance-based approach to things when you're trying to take us out of that system into your system of faith transferring from your account into our account all that you've freely given to us. And so thank you, Lord, tonight for helping us, Lord. Let our light so shine before men that they see our good works and glorify you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here tonight. Good things coming.